0: This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Well, good morning, 11 o'clock service. How you doing today? Good to see all of you. It has been a great weekend at New Song Church. We had our Love, His event on Friday night. How many ladies were here for that? I'm gonna gonna be honest with you, I snuck in. I snuck in. I was in the sound booth for a little bit, and it was awesome seeing all you, you gals get together and worship like you do. It was so powerful. We've heard so many great testimonies already, so thank you for coming out to that. And we've met a lot of new families this weekend, a lot of new people coming to New Song Church. Our church is just continuing to grow. And if you're one of those people, if you're new to New Song Church, just want to say we're so glad that you came. Hope you feel at home here this weekend. After the service is over, we would love to meet you. Uh, I'll be out in the lobby along with my wife, Sarah, Make sure you stop by, say hi to us. we got a gift we want to put in your hand, so make sure that you come by and connect with us that way. If you've got your Bible, you can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and you can kind of camp out there. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today, uh, but we're going to do most of what we're going to do today is going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And so what is happening right now? Is this because I didn't say hi to the online audience that we're just darkening the light? There we go. There we go. Would you help me welcome all those that are watching online right now? Thanks for that reminder, if that's what that was. I don't know. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, get your being transformed journals out. We are in week seven, week seven of this series, School of the Spirit, and we're coming to a close of of this series. I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I have. I hope it's ministered to you as much as it's ministered to me. I hope you know when we go through these series, like we're going through them just like you are. God's speaking to me just like he's speaking to you. And I, and I hope that at this point you're feeling pretty, pretty good about this person of the Holy Spirit and his role in your life and connecting with the helper and, and the partner that, that Jesus said he was going to send to us, who is the Holy Spirit. I hope that you're excited. You know, I'm, I'm more than ever, I know I've said this several times, but it bears repeating. More than ever before, I recognize that if we're going to be the church we're called to be, if we're going to be the people that we're called to be, come on somebody, if we're going to be the parents we're called to be, living in this day and age, if we're going to be the spouses that we're called to be, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And we have the helper of the Holy Spirit with us, and we can call on Him and connect with Him. And I want you to remember that today. If you were here last week and we started talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit himself is a gift, and he comes bearing gifts. And because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have all of the gifts that the gift gives. And last week I talked about a couple of the gifts, and I said we're going to talk more about this particular gift next weekend, and that is the gift of a prayer language, the gift of praying with the Spirit, the gift of praying in the Spirit, the gift of praying in tongues. Well, let me just, yeah, tongue talkers, they get excited, but the rest, there's other people that are like, what? Maybe some of you right now are going, what have I gotten myself into? What is happening right now? Is this one of those churches? Well, yes and no. Yes, we are a church that wants to walk in the fullness of everything that Jesus made available to us. Can I get an amen? amen? But no, we ain't crazy, okay? Like I'm not about to say, all right, ushers, bring in the snakes. Like That's not going to happen, okay? (laughs) Not going to do that. But, But I do understand that this is a controversial subject. I understand that this is one of those subjects that's caused division within the body of Christ. This is the reason why there are certain denominations. This is the reason why some people don't go to some churches or have quit going to some churches. I get that there's a lot of controversy behind this subject, but my aim today is to help you by looking at the Word to understand what the Word of God has to say about speaking in tongues. The Bible tells me this as a, as a not just a pastor, but as a, as a person in the family of God in 1 Corinthians 4, I'm told that I'm to steward the mysteries of God. And so are you. We're called to be people who steward the mysteries of God. So just because I don't understand this doesn't mean I can just dismiss it. Yeah. And so my goal for you today and my goal in this service is that you would come to understand what the word of God has to say on this subject. And so we're gonna look at the word today. And as we're looking at the word, my my question to you and my my heart for you is that you would be open to what God would say. Like if you start, if you take a position in your heart right now that your hands, you know, know, your heart's arms are folded and your heart's kind of going, I don't know about this. Let me just tell you, you're not gonna receive anything of this. I'm asking you to be open to what God would say. And I remind you, we're gonna be looking at the word, the word of God and what it has to say. And if, as we look at the word of God today, if something rises up in you, that's not faith. If something rises up in you, that's not the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If something like anger or fear or discouragement starts to rise up in you, listen, when you look at the word, then maybe you've been taught the wrong thing. Because that stuff shouldn't be rising up in you as you look at the Word of God. So I'm asking you to be open today. I'm asking you to be willing to believe that maybe there's more that God has in store for you than what maybe you've come to believe. Can, can you do that with me today? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we just welcome you here today. and. Lord, first of all, we just say we're so grateful for this Holy Spirit, the the person of the Holy Spirit, the helper who is God and who is God with us here to help us, Lord, we recognize we need the Holy Spirit. And so today we just say that we're open and we wanna hear from you. We want what you want, Lord. We wanna see your will done. And we recognize that we don't know it all. And so we ask you to communicate and speak to us the truth. Lord, your word says it will know the truth, And it'll set us free. And so I thank you for freedom. And I pray and speak against any lies or deception or thoughts that the enemy might try to bring against people, Lord. I speak to those things in Jesus' name and I command them to go. And I thank you that people will have an encounter with you today. Lord, we say we're open to what you have to say. In fact, would you put your hands out in front of you and just real quick, just say, Holy Spirit, I'm open. Say this, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. We welcome you, Lord. We thank you. You're good. You're just like Jesus. We welcome you into this place. Thank you that you're here. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, when the Bible talks about this subject of speaking in tongues, there's two categories that it falls into. One is the gift of tongues, and the second category is called the grace of tongues, okay? Real simply, the gift of tongues is what happens in a corporate environment or a corporate setting like this, in a church setting. And what happens is there, there would be a, a tongue given, a person inspired by the Holy Spirit yielding their tongue unto the Holy Spirit would give out a tongue and then someone else filled with the Spirit would give an interpretation of that tongue so that everybody can receive what the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to do in that kind of setting, uh, exhortation, edification, and comfort. And that's important in a corporate setting because when there's non-believers and believers present, when there's people who are more advanced in the things of God and those that are new in the things of God, it's important that there's edification, exhortation, and comfort, or some people can walk away thinking that we're crazy. That's what Paul says. He says, they'll think you're out of your mind if you don't explain this or if there's not a interpretation to the tongue. And so that's, that's the gift of tongues, and that takes place under the authority of the church, under the authority of leadership in a corporate setting. But what I really want to focus in on today is this idea of the grace of tongues. The grace of tongues is our personal prayer language that we have. Uh, the grace of tongues enables us to pray spirit-inspired prayers aligned with the mind and the will of God. It's, it's God praying, His, praying perfect prayers through us as we yield our tongue and we yield ourselves unto the spirit to pray spirit to spirit, God to God through us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, two says it like this. It says, for one who speaks in tongues, speaks not to men, notice this, not to men, but to God. Notice who it's to, it's not to you. So understand this, you're not gonna understand it. You're not gonna understand it. It's gonna be a mystery to you. He goes on to say, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So by praying in tongues, one of the things I'm doing is I'm praying these spirit-inspired prayers that are beyond prayers. You can say it like that. They're beyond prayers. They're beyond my intellectual capacity. They're beyond what I know. They're beyond what I understand. I can reach into a realm beyond my understanding to pray for mysteries and for things that I don't even know to pray for from the Lord. But my mind isn't going to understand it. Like, you're not going to understand it. I can't make that any more clear. You're not going to understand it, okay? I, was, I was, uh, actually saw this, this thing this week, ABC News a few years back did this thing, uh, Nightline did it, where they actually like, hooked people up to these brain scan machines type things, these CT scans, to look at what was going on in their brains as people were praying in tongues. <laughs> and so they actually, they took different people from all different, like, different religions and stuff and they hooked them up uh, and, and monitored like, what was taking place within their mind. And it was interesting, when they hooked these people up, they would pray in their normal English English language. And they would say, okay, begin to pray in tongues. And they would monitor. And in their brain, they noticed that their, their, uh, their frontal lobe, what was going on in their frontal lobe, like drastically went down whenever they began to pray in the Spirit. In fact, th- this guy that was doing this research says this, whatever is coming out of their mouth is not what they are purposefully or willingly trying to do. And that's in fairly stark contrast to the people who are like Buddhists or Franciscan nuns in prayer because they are very intensely focused, and in those individuals, the frontal lobes actually increase in activity. Okay, so get this. What this proves scientifically is what the Bible told us a long time ago. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. God knew that a long time ago. And so understand this, we believe that the word of God is truth, I hope you do. And so if that part they've scientifically proven to be true, and we believe that the word of God is true, that means that the other part is true as well, which says, my spirit prayeth. So it's your spirit that is praying these perfect prayers unto the Lord. And this is a great benefit to you, just so you know, because many of the problems that we face in life, many of the issues that we deal with in life, they're rooted in our thinking, They're rooted in our mind. Your mind can get in the way. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's fruit that's being produced in your life through your thinking. And it's taking you in a certain direction. And if you just let your mind lead, it's going to take you to some bad places. I've heard it said like this, The mind is a great servant, but a terrible master. Your mind is not supposed to be the master of how your life goes. Your mind is supposed to be a servant unto you, but so often we are a servant of our mind. We're a servant of our fear. We're a servant of our problems that are rooted in our mind. And so one of the things that, that praying in tongues does is it moves us out of this place where our mind is leading the way. And it not only builds us up in our spirit, but it tells our mind, hey, you're not running the show. And it allows our spirit to rise up within us and help us to pray what needs to be prayed beyond our mind and puts our mind in its rightful position. Somebody say, this is good stuff. <laughs> so Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. He says, what is the conclusion then? So he's been talking about how to pray in the spirit. He's talking about, I wish you all prayed in the spirit. He's gonna go on to talk about how he prays in the spirit more than everybody else. He says, what's the conclusion then? Does he say, don't pray in the spirit? Don't pray in tongues? No. He says, I will pray in in the spirit and I will pray also in the understanding why because it's a benefit because it's a blessing because it's helpful so I want to help you to see that today I want to help you to understand the benefit that comes from praying in your personal prayer language from praying in tongues but before I jump into that we got to tackle some of the myths related to praying in tongues because there's some myths that exist out there and we can get people can get hung up in this stuff All right so I got five myths for you this morning here's the first one Related to praying in tongues, there's a myth that says that you should be awesome from the outset. That like if you really have this gift of praying in tongues, then the first time that you do it, you're just going to be amazing at it. Let me just tell you, that's not how it works. Now, anybody in here, um, a parent and had, had children, right? If you had a parent, you're a parent you had children, okay? Any of you ever seen a child before in your life? A few of you. Okay, you, you know about these things called kids. You're aware of them, all right? Good, good, good. Just want to make sure we're all on this level playing field here. Uh, you know, how many of you know, like, you've seen a child, like, learning to talk, right? I don't know if it was this way for you, but when my kids were learning how to talk, they weren't just awesome at it one day. There wasn't, like, one day they just walked in, and it was like, oh, they got the gift of talking now. They can do it. They're amazing. They know everything. That didn't happen to me. My kids, to be honest... Um, they were terrible at it at the beginning. Like I remember um, they would get on a word, like they'd learn a word, and then everything was that word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like ball, everything was a ball. A spoon, it's a ball. Point at me, look at me, and go ball. And I'm, I'm, I wasn't like, as this is going on, I'm not looking at Sarah going, this kid's an idiot. I'm, not, I'm obviously not a ball. That spoon is not a ball. What's wrong with you? I, I don't think they got the gift of talking, hun. There's something wrong with this kid. This is not how this works. I don't do that, right? Because I understand something. They're developing, right? They would say stuff wrong as they were learning how to talk. I remember my daughter, Bo, she was so fun. She's always been a wild card in our family, man. And, And she would talk and she would just talk. Like we'd sit her down at the dinner table and we'd just like throw words at her. We'd say, hey, repeat this. And she'd say words back to us. We'd say, Bo, tell us a story. And she would just go off on this tangent of this. It was the best. It was awesome. But she'd, stay, she'd, stay stu- she'd say stuff wrong, like I'm doing right now. She'd say stuff wrong. <laughs> like, like I remember saying, hey, Bo, can you say cupcake? And she'd say, cupcake, cupcake. That, well, that's not right. And when she said that, I wasn't like, hey, dummy, it's cupcake. <laughs> I didn't do that. Or she would tell us a story. Like I remember her telling us one day about the story of Noah and the ark and how uh, there was this rain. And then, and then David and Go- Dewath and showed up. Like she's combining these stories and we're just like, yes, keep going. This is amazing. It was awesome. But she's calling Goliath Dwiath. Well, again, that's wrong, Right. Or like one time she was on some medicine, she'd been sick and she had to take amoxicillin and she thought that word was really amazing. So she was walking around all day saying box filler, box filler, I gotta take my box filler. <laughs> and as she's doing this, listen, we're not just like, I'm not looking at Sarah as all this is going on, I'm just thinking this child does not like she obviously doesn't have the gift of speaking because she's doing this wrong. She doesn't really get it. She's not very good at this. Let's understand In the same way, our journey with the Lord is a journey where we grow and we develop. And with all of the gifts of the Spirit, you grow in your understanding of how they work. And you grow in your ability to walk in them and and function in them within the church world and within your own personal life. Like my mom, the day my mom got saved, 40 plus years ago, probably close to 50 years ago now, I'm 43. So it must have been, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. But anyway when she got saved, the day that she got saved, she got saved. She got miraculously healed. She got filled with the spirit and and got her prayer language and began to speak in tongues that day. And I bet you since then, she's maybe missed two days in her life that she hasn't done this. And so my mom is one of those moms. She's like a prayer warrior, like One of those gals. Like, I remember growing up in her home, you'd walk in the room and mom would be praying, and it's like, mom is praying. And she would pray in tongues and she was good at it. Like, you know, she's good at it. Like, you hear and you're like, that's legit. Like, that. But what we can do is we can hear someone like her and go, she's got it. But when you hear someone else, like, maybe they're not, they don't sound like her. But understand this, she didn't sound like that 50 years ago. She's developed and grown. Through practice to get to that place. And this is how it works, their spiritual gifts. So you can't hear her and go, well, I don't sound like her, so I must not have the gift. No, no, you have it. You just have to develop in it. You have to grow in it. You have to continue to grow in it. 2 Peter 3:18 says, Grow. Somebody say grow. 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 Grow here means to become mature, to become strong, to increase, to develop. Grow. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How many of you know more about Jesus today than you knew the day you got saved? Yeah. A few of you. Good. How many of you <laughs> How many of you thought some stuff about Jesus before you got saved or when you first got saved that now you know you've grown in that and you're grateful that you know more now? How many of you relate to that? Absolutely. Like we mature. It's a part of there's a maturation process that takes place in our walk with God. Hebrews 6.1 says, we must progress beyond the elementary instructions about Christ and move to maturity. Jim George says, spiritual maturity is a lifelong pursuit. We grow in spiritual maturity moment by moment, day by day, year by year. There's a continued process of growth that we have to enter into. And it's like that with all the gifts of the Spirit. You're, you're not going to be, you're going to grow in your gift of prophecy. You're going to grow in your gift of your prayer language. You're going to grow in these things. And it's up to us to do that. It's on us to practice it and to develop it. The Bible says it like this. 2 Timothy 1.6, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now, this is talking about being filled with the Spirit. This is talking about the, the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. Here's how I know this. Look at, next, look at the next part. For the Spirit, that's the pneuma, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So notice, we're to fan into flame. That, that, that phrase means, in the Greek, it means to rekindle the flame, to stir up the coals, or to take bellows and blow on the fire. So let's say me and you are sitting in my little campfire, and there's just a tiny little flame, right? And we're sitting there, and we're going, this is the lamest little fire ever. It's not, it's not affecting us. We're not really feeling it. It's not impacting us right now. We got to do something. So I begin to go get some kindling. I go get some little, some, some twigs and some sticks and some logs. And I begin to build that fire up a little bit. And I begin to stir up the coals. And I begin to, I get out some bellows and I start blowing on the coals. What's going to happen to the fire? It's going to grow. And it's going to grow stronger and more effective and more impactful on the people around the fire this is what the Holy Spirit, this is what we're called to do with this gift of the Holy Spirit within us. We're to kindle it and grow it so that it can become more impactful for us and for the people around us. So understand this, you're not going to be awesome from the outset. You're not going to be amazing. And that doesn't mean you don't have it. You may just say one word at the beginning over and over again as you develop, but you're developing and growing in this. And the key is you got to keep practicing and know this, just like when my kids were learning how to talk, I wasn't like disappointed or aggravated or frustrated when they didn't get it right. I was proud of them because I'm a loving father and I love the fact that they want to grow and they want to get better. Listen, when you step out and begin to start operating in this gift and walking in this gift of praying in tongues and and moving into it, God's not up there going, "They, they stink at this. No, he's going, man, I'm so proud of them. And he can take those simple things that we say, those simple phrases, that one word that we can't repeat, that we keep repeating over and over again. He can take that and he can do amazing things with it. So understand it's a myth that you'll just be awesome at it from the beginning, but step out in faith and go for it. Here's here's number two. People are afraid of this. They're afraid that if I yield to this Holy Spirit stuff and speaking in tongues, I could lose control. That the Holy Spirit's gonna take me over. One day I'm gonna be at Chuck E. Cheese with my kids and all of a sudden the Spirit's gonna hit me and I'm gonna go push Chuck E. to the side and I'm gonna start ripping in tongues in front of everybody. Listen, that's not how it works. Just so you know, the Holy Spirit, God doesn't make you do anything. Everything God wants to do in your life is, is by the submission of your will to His will. And think about this, if God was going to make you do anything, you think He's going to make you do something crazy? Like if He's going to make you do anything, He'd make people get saved. He'd make you be nice. (laughs) Some of you wives elbow your husband right now. He'd make you get going with your life, like He'd make you do something of impact. But God did not make you do anything. You have to submit your will to the will of God. And, And praying in tongues, praying in a spiritual language like this, Is something you have to submit to. This is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Notice that word, if. What does if speak to? A choice. I choose to do it. I choose if I'm gonna do it or if I'm not gonna do it. Goes on to say this, verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. Notice I will. What does I will mean? It means I make the choice. If you come up to me and you say, hey, can we go play a round of golf this week? Well, I will go or I will not go. That's my choice to make in that moment. This is how it works with the Holy Spirit. He's not going to make you do anything. And by the way, just remember, 1 Corinthians 14, this entire chapter, is Paul giving instructions on how to operate with the gifts of the Spirit and with this specific gift of praying in tongues instructions on when to do it, when not to do it. Why would there be a chapter about this in the Bible if it was just out of our control and it was just gonna happen anyways and it's nothing we can control? Like that doesn't, that wouldn't make any sense, right? And God makes sense. He makes a whole lot of sense, okay? So understand, it's not beyond your control. God's not gonna do something crazy. Praying in the spirit is something you can control. Here's number three, third myth. And this may sound crazy, but some people think this. I could get a demon, Like there's some, there's some people, listen, we giggle, but there's some people who've been taught, like, if you open yourself up to this, there's no telling what could get in and you better be careful. So it's probably best that you just avoid it because, you know, you don't want to get a demon, right? And we don't, we don't want to get a demon. Amen. (laughs) We don't, but listen, related to this. And also just so you know, as a believer, you can't get a demon, you can't be demon-possessed because you're possessed by God. You belong to God, okay? So as long, because you belong to God, a demon, you can be oppressed, but you can't be possessed, all right? But here's what Jesus says. Luke 11, he says this. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, this is funny, will he give him a stone? That would be a really crappy dad. <laughs> And it gets even worse. If he asked for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asked for an egg, (laughs) dad, can I have an egg? Will he offer him a scorpion? This would be some bad dadding, wouldn't it? Like your kids are like, dad, can I have some breakfast? Yeah, let me go dig up some scorpions in hand. Like, no, that's bad, bad dadding 101 right there, okay? Don't do that. That's bad. Now look at where it goes on from here. If you then being evil know how to good give good give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So notice this. First of all, notice that Jesus called us evil. Did you catch that? If you then being evil, now here's what He's doing. Is He calling you evil? Well, kind of. Yes and no. Here's what He's saying. Because remember where he was, what he was just talking about. If a good father asks for something good, he's not gonna, a good father's not gonna give something bad. He's not gonna give something dangerous, right? And he says, you as a good father compared to Father God are considered evil. That's what he's saying. Like the best father who's ever existed in human history compared to Father God, we would look at the, the, the distance between the two of them and we'd say, yeah, that best father in human history compared to God is evil in his sight. That's how good of a God Father God is. He's that good of a Father God. And if a good Father wouldn't give you something bad or give you something harmful, of course God the Father is not gonna give you something harmful if you ask for the Holy Spirit. In fact, he, he says, he uses the term serpents and scorpions. And just one chapter earlier in Luke 10, he's talking about the authority that we have in Christ Jesus and and that he's given us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. He's talking about demonic influence and he uses that term, serpents and scorpions. So get what, what Jesus is saying. Hey, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he's not gonna give you a demon, okay? So good news You're not going to get a demon asking for the Holy Spirit, asking to walk in this gift of speaking in tongues. All right, that's good news. Here's number four. Fourth myth is that some get it and some don't. Like some people can have this gift, some people can operate in this, but some people can't. Well, remember what we talked about last week? The gifts of the Holy Spirit come from the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have all the gifts the gift gives. So if you can have any of the gifts of the Spirit, you can have all the gifts of the Spirit. And if God didn't give you one of the gifts of the Spirit, He would be showing favoritism. He would be showing partiality, and He doesn't do that. Look at this, Romans 2.11, for there is no partiality with God. Acts 10.34, God doesn't show favoritism. So understand this, God's not going to give me something that He's not going to give you. God's not going to bless me and not bless you. God's not going to heal me and not heal you. So listen, if anyone can pray in a prayer language, then listen, anyone can pray in a prayer language. And people can. So understand, you can do this. If you're filled with the Spirit, you can pray in a prayer language. You can pray in tongues. Some get it, some don't. That's a myth. Here's number five. Real Christians do this. Some people think that if you're really a real Christian, you do this. And if you don't do this, then you're not quite as Christian as, you know, the people that do this. Well, that's really not true, all right? Praying in tongues doesn't make you more saved. Praying in tongues doesn't make you more holy. Praying in tongues doesn't make you more loved by God. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit that can be a blessing in your life and a benefit to your life but it doesn't determine whether or not you're saved. There are people who are gonna stand before God in heaven someday, and they never were filled with the Spirit, and they never prayed in a prayer language. But that doesn't mean that they're not saved. The Bible says, there's Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you pray in tongues, then you will be saved. So it says, no, it's not a prerequisite. Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace, grace means unmerited favor, By grace, you have been saved through faith. Grace is what Jesus did on the cross. That makes the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the life in Christ that makes it possible to you. You receive it by faith. Grace makes it possible. Faith makes it attainable. It's not from works so no man can boast. It's not your works. It's not the gifts of the Spirit in operation in you that make you saved. And I want you to know as a church, listen, this is what we call an open-handed issue. Like we're not gonna break fellowship of you with you because you don't do this. Like if you came to me and you said, Pastor Josh, I, I just I don't pray in tongues. I'm not gonna go, well, get out. Like that's not gonna happen. Just like if you came to me and you said, I, I just don't feel comfortable prophesying, I'm not gonna run you out of the church. I like Paul said, I wish you all would because it's a benefit and a blessing and it's a gift from the Holy Spirit for your life, but but it's not something that we're gonna throw you away over. It doesn't make you more safe. So then that begs the question. Well, then why do it? Like what's the point? Well, here's why because it's a benefit to your life. It's a benefit. You take a note, write that down. It's a benefit. And let me I want to show you two specific ways it's a benefit. Here's number 1. It builds you up. It builds you up. 1 Corinthians 14:4, 4, the person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. Jude verse 20 says, "But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. It builds you up. Now, I don't know about you, but from time to time in my life, I need a little building up. Because sometimes I just feel like I've been torn down a little bit. Anybody relate to this? Like sometimes it just feels like, it almost feels like to me, it feels like sometimes, like there's like a conspiracy against me. Like there's something out there that's warring and attacking me and trying to tear me down. Anybody else relate to this? (laughs) Yeah. You all should. And here's why. Because there is a conspiracy against you. His name is the devil. And just so you know, he's real. Like Jesus talked about the devil and, and he's not like the devil's not like this thing that we talk about, that we make up like as Christian parents to kind of get our kids to do what we want them to do. No, no. He really is real. (laughs) And he wants, the Bible says he's seeking who he can devour. He wants to steal, kill and destroy you. He hates you. Sorry to break it to you, but you need to know he hates you. And he hates you because he hates God and he can't do anything to God, so he attacks what God loves the most, and that's you. So he comes against you. He wants to separate you from your father. He wants to separate you from the blessings and the benefits that God has for you and wants you to walk in. And so he's seeking and attacking you and coming after you. And that's why Paul in Hebrews 6 says you need to put on the whole armor of God. Not just a little bit of it, but all of the pieces of the armor of God. Because there's an enemy coming against you. He says, put it on. Because you're living in evil days. How many of you agree? We're living in some evil days. And there's this evil enemy and and opposition coming against us. And so we need to be fully protected from this evil one in these evil days. He goes on to say this, verse 14. Verse 14. He says, stand therefore, and he begins to list off all the pieces of armor you need to put on. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to stand against the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now stop, stop. I want you to notice. That little thing after God there, right? The little like high period with the comma. Anybody know what that is? That's called a, it's called a semicolon, right? What's a semicolon? Guys, put it up here. This is my screenshot from this week. (laughs) I want you guys to see this. What's a semicolon? It says right there, it's a punctuation mark indicating a pause. Typically between two main clauses. Okay, so, so track with me here. Paul's talking about you need to be protected, right? There's an enemy. We're living in evil days. There's an enemy. You need to be protected. And then he begins to list off these pieces of armor. And then he gets to this place, and and, he, and, he, and there's this semicolon, which means what it means that what we're about to read is connected to the thought before, which means what we're about to read is connected to this idea of putting on the full armor and the list of armor that's listed. You guys, you guys following that logic? Okay. So what does he say? Look at this verse 18. Praying. Always, somebody say always. Always. With all, somebody say all. all. All prayer and supplication in the spirit. Is it possible, church? Is it possible that we've stopped at the pause? and we're missing out, we're not fully protected and fully guarded, because we're not praying like we should, and we're not praying specifically in tongues, in the Spirit, like we should be, and because of that, we've been left open, we've been left susceptible to some of the attacks of the enemy, and some of the hits we're taking in life are because we're not fully guarded as we should be. Is it possible? Listen, church, don't stop at the pause. Don't stop at the pause. This gift of being able to pray in tongues, pray in the spirit is a way for you to be fully protected and built up because there is an enemy coming against you and God wants you to be protected so you can overcome the one who's trying to overcome you. So put on that armor. Here's number two. It covers your ignorance. It's a benefit. Praying in tongues is a benefit because it covers your ignorance. Now I've learned something in my life. It took me a while to get here, but I've gotten to the place where I've I've come to fully recognize that I don't know it all. I don't. I thought at 15, I had it figured out. <laughs> Turns out I did not. I did not. Thought at about 30, I think I got a pretty good grasp on this whole thing. No, I didn't. I didn't. And the older I get, the more I recognize. I just don't, I don't know it all. Anybody in here know it all? You know, oh, few. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't raise your hand because if you would have, you would have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you do not know it all. (laughs) We don't know it all. There's certain things we don't, we just don't know. There are our mind, there's limitations to our thinking. And so there's there's a weakness that we have in that we don't know it all. Look at this Romans 8 verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weakness. What's our weakness? Here it is. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. This is a weakness that we all have. We don't know it all. Uh, in fact, I, I have people come up to me from time to time, and they're like, hey, pastor, I, how can I pray for you? And you know what I've started doing? I'll just say, hey, do, do you have your prayer language? If so, pray in the Spirit for me. Because I don't really know how you should pray for me, to be honest with you. And I, 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 not that I don't trust you, but I just trust the Spirit of God inside of you a little bit more than I even trust you. So just pray, just pray with me in tongues, and I'll, I, I know that he's going to pray the perfect prayer that's exactly what I need prayed over me that's just how it works it says we don't always know it says but the spirit that's the pneuma himself makes intercession for us with with groanings which cannot be uttered now groanings means a couple things one it's a type of prayer but but the other idea behind it is that it's this kind of yearning or this longing that is within us and here's what's really interesting it's a yearning or a longing that we don't know about so think about this is it possible that a holy, perfect God could have put some stuff inside of you that you long for, that you yearn for, that you don't know about, that is not a part of your understanding in your thinking? And yet God wants you to be able to pray over those things. And so he's given you the ability to pray in the spirit, to pray in tongues, and to cover and to speak over those things that you yearn for that you don't even know that you yearn for, you long for. Pretty cool. That word groanings there, it also means this. It means, uh, in the Greek, it means what is uttered that doesn't make sense to the mind. So one of the ways that you do that is through praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. When I was 16 years old, my dad came to me one day and he said, hey, I think it's time for you to start praying for your wife. I was praying and I felt like God told me to, to encourage you to do that. I'm gonna start praying for your future wife and I want you to start doing this. So he said, I want you to put together a list of what you're looking for in a wife. And at 16, let me just tell you, that was an epic list. It was like, I want her to be really good looking and I want her to like cool movies and I want her to to like be cute. And I want her to, to be fun to hang out with and pick like where we're going to go to dinner sometimes. And I want her to be hot. Like every other thing was about looks it was an epic list. I wish I had that list. I just, I'm sad I don't have it. But I brought it to my dad. I was like, here you go. And he was like, okay, let's work on this a little bit. And he, he helped me in his wisdom to develop that list a little bit more. And then he said, okay, let's start. I want you to pray over this. And then he said, I want you to take some time every day, and I want you to pray in the spirit over this. Pray in the spirit over your spouse. And so I would, I would every day, I'd get my little 1991 Acura Integra and I'd drive to school and on my way to school, I have my little car night because I, I want to get married someday. Like, I want to get married. So I'd pray over my, my wife. And let me just tell you, the Lord did exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. <laughs> but I was thinking this week about that. And I think probably the most impactful prayer that I prayed for her was when I moved into praying in the Spirit. Because at that time, at 16 years old, I, I wouldn't know Sarah for another seven years and yet I was praying for her before I ever knew her. And through the Spirit, I was able to pray specific prayers to, for myself and for her to build us up and help us become who we were called to be together. Like, how cool is that? Some of you young people need you to start praying in tongues. Uh, a few years ago, my sister called my mom because she woke up one day and she had this kind of alarm about her. Like, there was like this warning within her, something was wrong. So she called my mom, she's like, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like something's, something's wrong. And my mom, interestingly enough, woke up feeling the same way. And so they began to pray with each other in English. They they got on the phone, they're like, well, let's just agree over this. And they prayed, they prayed, they prayed over their family, they prayed protection, they joined their faith together and prayed in their understanding. And then they said, okay, let's hang up the phone and let's go pray in the spirit for a while. Let's pray through this. So they hung up the phone and they just began to pray in tongues. And they just prayed until they felt a sense of release. Like, okay, I don't know what was going on, but I feel like it's been covered now. So they prayed through it. What they didn't know was two days later, uh, my sister's daughter, who'd just been married a couple months, was driving home. Her husband was on a motorcycle in front of her as they were driving home. And this car accident took place in front of them. And he was on this motorcycle, couldn't stop quick enough, and ran into the back of this, this little pickup truck. And when he hit that truck, his, his motorcycle went under the truck. He went flying over the truck, got launched about 15 to 20 feet through the air, hit the side of a car headfirst with it. He had on a helmet, but hit the side of this car so much so that the entire door was bent in, dented in. And then he was laying there. My, my niece said, I thought, seeing all this, I thought for sure he was dead. And so she she gets out of her car, running over there, doesn't know what she's about to walk up on. And when she gets to him, he's sitting up and he's kind of looking around like, what just happened? But he, does, he has no broken bones, little bit of road rash, no concussion, no head injury of any kind. Why? Because God protected him. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. I don't believe this is coincidence. There was a warning. Why? Because God knows... The end from the beginning, he knows the future. He saw something coming and he said, I need some people to intercede and they don't know what's coming, but I know. And so he put in them this desire to pray. And as they prayed in the spirit, I believe they prayed perfect prayers to protect that boy so that that what needed to take place in his life, which is that he needs to live, could take place in his life. I hope that something is stirring in you that's saying, man, I want this. I don't know about you, but I want this for my family. I want to be able to move beyond my thinking and to pray for my family, to pray for my kids, to pray for my spouse, to pray for this church beyond my own ability. I don't always know it all. So here's the good news. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know how to pray, that's a good time to pray in the Spirit. That's a good time to pray in tongues. And that's why Paul said, I wish you all would do this. That's why Paul brags about, I do this more than all of you. Because he knew how important it was. And I hope you see how important it is. I hope there's something stirring in you, the Spirit of God stirring in you, your need for this beautiful gift of being able to pray in a prayer language. So how, how do you do it? Well, here's how you do it. it, it, it once, you're, once you've received the third baptism in the Holy Spirit, there's the baptism into the body of Christ at salvation, there's water baptism, and there's the spirit baptism, where, where Jesus baptizes you into the Holy Spirit, you're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. Once you receive that baptism, you now have the ability to pray in tongues. But in order for you to do it, listen, it ain't just gonna happen. God ain't gonna make you do anything, remember? God ain't gonna grab your tongue and start yanking it around and making stuff come out of you. You have to yield yourself to this. And listen, I was talking to my dad about this this week because my dad has been in ministry and he's led thousands of people in receiving their prayer language, thousands of people. And I was saying, dad, what, what's the like the, the thing that you've, Discovered that really helps people to, to do this. And he said, they, you have to understand, you have to make a sound in faith. Like you have to, and those of you who are filled with the spirit, you understand this. Once you take that step of going for it, then you can enter into the flow of the spirit. But, but it won't just happen. Like you're not gonna sit there and pray and all of a sudden it's like, there it is. And it just pours out of you. You have to do it. You have to do it. And once you take that step, Then the Holy Spirit can can move in that and and you can get in that flow of the Spirit. But you have to take that step. So so here's what I encourage you to do. I want to give you an opportunity here at the end of the service to, if you want that, to come forward and to have hands laid on you. We want to pray for you. And then I want to encourage you this week, beyond what we're going to do today, to take some time this week. Put on some in your quiet time. Because remember, this is between you and God. Like we're not going to make you stand up and be like, okay, go. And no, that'd be weird. We ain't weird, right? So this is between you and God. So this week, put on some praise and worship music. Create an atmosphere which you, just you and the Lord. I, I encourage you, maybe look at some of these verses that I've read to you today. Remind yourself of what God says about this. And then you ask, Lord, would you, I, I want my prayer language. And then you yield your tongue unto the Holy Spirit and you begin to, to make that sound and go for it. I'm asking you to go for it. And just see what the Lord will do. Just go for it and see what the Lord will do. You say, well, I, I, I tried that, but it, I didn't understand it. Yes, I know. So, you know, I have not gotten to the point in this prayer language where I'm doing it now and I understand it. You're not gonna understand it. You say, well, I, I did it, but I just felt like I kept saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, because you're new at this and you're developing and you're growing and that's how it works a lot of times. But I just don't know, Pastor Josh. I tried that once, and it, again, it just made no sense to me. Okay, well, let me ask you something. Have you ever heard other people talking in language that you don't understand before? You ever done that before? Like, I like World War II stuff, okay? So I watch these World War II documentaries. And in World War II documentaries, a lot of times, you've got, you know, you've got the French people and the, the Germans and all the different people that are involved in this war. And so sometimes, like, I was watching one the other day, and there's a German historian who's who's on this, and he would, he would talk about stuff going on in the war, and when he would talk about it, he was speaking in German. And so I decided, you know what? I've watched a lot of these documentaries now. I'm going to see if I can just not look at what it says at the bottom and understand him. And guys, guess what? I didn't get a thing. <laughs> Luftwaffe. I got that, because I just know what that is. But I, nothing other than that. I have no idea what he was saying. And you've probably seen this before. Like, I've, I've walked up, and there's like two... You know, Korean people talking and they're talking and they're talking to each other. And, they're, and they, you can tell like they're having a conversation. I don't walk up and go, this is fake. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing. So this ain't real. <laughs> Bakers. <laughs> no, why? Because I understand that I don't understand everything. And, it, it, and it's possible for people to speak in a language and communicate in a language that I don't understand. If that's possible for people... Why is it so hard for me to believe that's possible that my spirit can pray unto God in a language I don't understand and pray exactly what God once prayed over me and speak and and God can move based on those prayers. Why is that so hard for me to believe? You say, Pastor Josh, this has been a great series. Six of these seven weeks have been amazing. (laughs) This one, I'm just telling you, Pastor Josh, I don't know. I just don't know that I can go there. Okay, let let me end with this. As we close out this series, let me end with this. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the day of Pentecost. You got the disciples, 120 people in this upper room and they're waiting. Why are they waiting? Because Jesus told them to go there and wait. He said, hey, don't go try. I know you're excited. I know I'm the resurrected savior and you're excited about this message, but don't you dare try to take this out there into the world without the helper. So go, there's a promise from the father. He's coming, I'm gonna send him. So you go and you wait. And so they go to the upper room. It says this in Acts two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, notice this, cloven tongues like as a fire. Cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. So there was this, this cloven, mean divided tongues sitting on above their heads. Kind of wild. Verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so there's this visible sign before they begin to be filled with the Spirit, before they begin to speak in this language, before that, there's this visible sign of these cloven, divided tongues, above each one of their heads. Well, what is up with that? Okay, well, remember the audience that this was to. There's 120 people in this room, and they love Jesus, they're saved, but they are from the Hebrew Jewish culture. In the Hebrew Jewish culture, there were certain things that you were allowed to put into your mouth and certain things that you were not allowed to put in your mouth. They, they live by a strict set of guidelines related to under the commandments of what was okay, what was kosher. Kosher meaning what was satisfying the requirements of the Jewish law. And so in in the book of Leviticus, and the book of Deuteronomy, it gives specific instructions to what you can put in your mouth and what you can not put in your mouth. And one of the things you can put in your mouth is you can put in your mouth the meat from an animal that chews the cud and has a cloven hoof, a divided hoof. So get this, in this moment, for for these people who understand that and have lived by that law, in this moment, when those people see those cloven tongues above their heads, it's like God is saying to them with this visible sign, what I'm about to give to you is good to be in your mouth. It passes the kosher test, meaning it's a blessing in your mouth. Here's what I want you to see. The Holy Spirit is your helper and he's good. And here's, here's, here's where we will end with this. Speaking in tongues is a blessing in your mouth. It's a blessing for your family. It's a blessing for the church. It's a blessing for the world. What the world needs now more than ever is a people of God rising up, praying beyond what they know up here. Praying, protecting themselves against an enemy in an evil day. Guarding themselves for what would come against them. Praying beyond prayers. This is what the world needs today. It's a blessing in your mouth. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I'm going to invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. And if you're here today, and I think there's a couple of calls here. I think there's, I think there's several people in the room. There may be some of you who are filled with the spirit and you've operated and functioned in this gift of speaking in tongues, but you just, you, you, you recognize today the importance of it more than ever before. You, you find yourself there. And, and I'm, I'm encouraging you to take it back up and put it back into practice like never before. Some of you are there. Some of you have have done this before, but you just did it and then you kind of gave up on it. And I wanna encourage you to go back. Maybe you gave up on it because you're like, I don't sound like them. It doesn't feel real to me. I don't understand it. And I've helped you to understand. I'm encourage you to pick that back up today. Maybe there's some of you, you've never done this before. You've never understood it and and you want to you want to you want to do this you you recognize how important it is well we would love to lay hands on you today we'd love to pray for you we're not trying to manifest something in this moment if that happens it's beautiful and listen this weekend we've seen God there's been several people that have been filled throughout this weekend I've had some incredible encounters with people out in the lobby people just shaking because the spirit of God has come upon them in such a way they just sense the love of God and the grace of God and 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 understand this like never before I, I believe God wants to show up for you today make himself known in your life and if that's you today and you would love to receive that gift of the prayer language. I want to encourage you in here in just a moment as we go into this time to come down and have someone pray with you. And then this week to practice. This week, get alone and just begin to do this and begin to apply this to your your life, to your prayer life. Put on the full armor of God, amen. Would you stand with me? If you're here and you've got a prayer need of any kind, we wanna invite you to come down to the altars. If you wanna receive your prayer language, you wanna have someone lay hands on you and encourage you to come down, we wanna pray for you for that. And if you have any prayer need, maybe you need healing, maybe you need uh, wisdom, maybe you need financial provision, you just need God to show up. Whatever it is if it matters to you, it matters to God. Lord, I pray for our church. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you, Lord, for this gift of a prayer language. Lord, we're so grateful so grateful for it. And I pray that you would just embolden people. I know there's people here today that are maybe a little on the fence about this. God, I just pray that you would just put inside of them a boldness to step out and receive. Lord, we say we want all of you. We want all of you. We want everything that Jesus wants for us. We we want this gift, Lord. So I pray that there just be an urgency to receive what it is that you have for us. So give us the faith to step out in Jesus' Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for Newsong Church OKC in the App Store.